0: All right, hey guys, this is Anchor Pete, and you know, I know that you guys really enjoyed that lastercast show. Well, guess what? I got another expert on today, and this time, it's an expert, he's an expert in a subject that I am very fond of, uh, my friend Brian over here. Hey, the reason why I have Brian on the show is because right now, everyone's talking about um, Transformers, the war for Cybertron, Siege. And so, um, Brian and I, since we love Transformers so much, we know a lot about it. We want to analyze the first two episodes of the show.
1: I'm I'm Brian. Um, uh, I've known Pete a long time, and uh, we we kind of bonded at a, at a at a job and over comic books and Transformers, and uh, it's just been a you know uh, everlasting bromance since then. <laughs> yes.
0: Hundred percent. You know Brian has great taste in clothes too, and so um, he actually has this pretty awesome shirt on right now.
1: If you want to, so uh, I have I have many Transformers shirts, and uh, this one's pretty cool. It's ah uh, it's a Top Gun seeker logo shirt with got a little Thundercracker on there. Yes. Um, and I, and if if we keep doing this, I'll I'll have a lot more to show off as we go along. So I mean, I, I probably have a good ten or fifteen of them. You know. So.
0: Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah, and,
1: and me. <laughs> Here's my love for Transformers.
0: I have like a like Sears bought Transformers shirt. And uh, Brian's already seen this, but like it's got Optimus, but somehow Optimus looks like Soundwave where he has like the visor for his eyes. I don't know what the hell is going on with that. <laughs> we're just gonna dive right into it. We're gonna talk about the making of the show, who's in it. We're gonna give you a non-spoiler review first, and then we're gonna go into spoilers and just give you our two cents on the first two episodes,
1: okay? So, uh, Brian I think, actually, I think it's really important to note is that we have not talked about the show at all yes. prior to this recording.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. So he might be like, I hated it. He might be like, this is the best thing ever. It might be a little awkward if we have like totally polarized points of view.
1: It might be, but I think we'll, we'll, we'll weather the storm.
0: But this version of transformers, um, it was put together by a guy named FJ DeSanto, right? And F.J. DeSanto has worked on previous versions of the Transformers. He's worked on... um,
1: The Prime Wars trilogy.
0: That's right, that's right. He's worked on the Prime Wars trilogy. He um, wrote the story for the first episode and the second episode, and then he was teamed up with another writer for both episodes, a different writer each time. And so for the first time, it was a guy named George Pristick. Um, It's funny, there's a quote that I saw on the Transformers Wikipedia, and it said that uh, for George Pristick, he will forever live in infamy as one of the only people willing to take credit for Transformers: Combiner Wars.
1: <laughs> Transformers: Combiner Wars was uh, produced by Machinima, which which shut down uh, at some point, uh, either towards the end or right after this, they finished the Prime Wars trilogy. Um, it was kind of aimed at more adult fans. It was kind of uh, it was a little hyped, I suppose, because uh, like the toy lines going on at the time, um, but. It, uh, it, it came very l- much later on from the toy line. Like, you know, Combiner Wars, the toy line was out in, I think, 2015. And I, I don't think the show came out – no, 2014. I don't think the show came out until, like, 2016 or so, which was oh, wow. already Move in the over. middle of the second toy line. And it's kind of bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, it had some good points. I, I, I kind of <laughs> like the art style sort of. It reminded me of Transformers Energon, which actually a lot of people hate. Mm. Um, but I, I always, for some reason, I always had a soft spot for that one in the Unicorn trilogy. The mm. one strength I think that show had though was uh, voice actors. Like so, uh, they actually they had Peter Cullen back, they had Judd Nelson back. Okay. Uh, they had okay. great. They had Greg Berger come back as Grimlock. Um, I'm sorry, Peter Cullen was off of his prime. Judd Nelson was Hot Rod in the movie. Uh, if anybody doesn't doesn't know that, and they had some like some like serious pedigree names in there too. They had Mark Hamill, uh, okay. Ron Perlman, okay. and um, Will Wheaton. Oh, and uh, uh, he's the Green Power Ranger, uh, Jason David Frank.
0: Oh, nice. Wow, okay. Yeah, so it actually had, like, a
1: really good voice cast, uh, considering how not great it was overall. <laughs> right. I know that you wanted to talk about the voice actors for this show, right? Yeah. Um. So, a- as I mentioned, uh, I-, I mean, there have been tons and tons and tons of variations on Transformers. Uh, and sp- cartoons, movies, comic books. But, I mean... Uh, the, there's there's usually some kind of continuity with voice actors. Um, for the longest time, I mean, original we had Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, and then in Beast Wars we had uh, Gary Chalk as Optimus Primal, mm-hmm. and he kind of carried on into the Unicorn trilogy as, as yeah that version of Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. then you know there's been there's been a lot of different primes, and then kind of Peter Cullen came back into the picture a lot with uh, when the movies came out, the Bay movies came out. Um, but more recently, they kind of moved away from it. I don't know if he doesn't want to be the role anymore. Or they don't want to pay him anymore. Who knows? Yep. But um, yeah. the only, there's only actually four returning voice actors uh, from previous Transformers series. And some of them are, are uh, major characters and some not. So uh, we have Jason Marchoa, who was the Megatron mm-hmm. in the, uh, the Prime Wars trilogy previously. And Frank Todaro, who was Starscream uh, in, the, in the previous mm-hmm. series. Besides that, we have uh, Jake Fushi, who is started being Optimus Prime in uh, the Cyberverse cartoon, which is kind of more Bumblebee-centric. Right. It's actually kind of right. pretty good. Uh, I've watched that with my son a bit. Um, and it, it's more it, it's more entertaining than I thought it would be.
0: Mm-hmm. And then uh,
1: mm-hmm. Keith Silverstein is
0: Jetfire. As far as uh, Jason, uh, is it Marnocha? That's what you just said? Marnocha, yeah yeah um I feel like he is really trying to be like the G1 Megatron from the original cartoon and then I feel like Jake Fushi he I, like I almost thought he was Peter Cullen a couple of times
1: yeah he's uh he does a very good um, Peter Cullen impression so, so to speak yeah yeah um yeah. And, and actually yeah, another guy that does a really good prime impression so to speak uh, is uh, John Bailey who's the the uh, honest trails voice. Yeah, yeah. He's actually a huge Transformers fan, and he does a great Prime. Being on Twitter right now, it's interesting because you're,
0: like, everyone's talking about Transformers. And yeah. a, lot, a lot of people that are my friends on Twitter are big Transformers fans. And it, it's just interesting to see the reaction to this show. Some people are really into it. Some people are really digging it. And some people are kind of hating on it. And it's interesting because one thing that seems to be a point of contention is the actual voice act.
1: Yeah, um, and I'll point, I mentioned Gary Chalk earlier, and uh, there was a tweet I saw from Gary Chalk, who who was Optimus Primal, who's uh, he kind of poked fun at it and saying that like, why does everybody like pause after every word? Like, it's kind of <laughs> weird. Yeah, and I mean, I, and I, I as I'm, I rewatched it again after reading, I'm like, damn, he is totally right. Yeah, but yeah, the, the voice that I think feels a, like a little average, subpar. Um, you have a few guys doing some kind of G one impressions, which I think can be appropriate. Yeah. and a few are kind of like out yeah. of left field. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, so, some of them are at, like uh, Shockwave, for example. Seems a little bit more mad scientisty than yes. I'm used yes. to. I'm so used to the very logic, emotionless Shockwave, and he just literally seems. I, I almost, I almost feel like I hear his voice and I feel a hunch coming out of his back or something like that. You know, <laughs> right, um, right, and then. Uh, Although they kind of try to mimic the the sound wave effect, uh, I I thought they came up very poorly. Yeah, uh, in, in yeah. the second episode. Yeah, I kind of barely remember soundwave from those first two episodes. He uh, he 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 really only did like one
0: thing. So the the major gripe that a lot of people had was besides the pausing after the people talk was that everyone sounds like real serious and it's it's real like intense the way they're talking, and yeah. I think it's all kind of, it comes down to what type of Transformers story you're trying to tell. And, you know, we've already kind of alluded to this before, but there's so many different incarnations of Transformers, right? And there's like little kid versions, like the rescue bots. And then there's the cyberverse stuff where it's kind of more like what we grew up with as kids. There's the generation one stuff, there's beast wars. And I feel like there's a different feel for each show, right? And and this one I feel is trying to be very serious
1: and, and grim I kind of characterize it as kind of like a, a PG or PG-13 attempt at dark and gritty, mm. you know? I mean, ultimately, this is a kid's toy line. And although it's this is definitely aimed trying to aim it more at the adult collector kind of thing, you can actually find it on the, the kids' profiles on Netflix, too, which is um, interesting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to look at it through the fact that, yes, these, this is originally for kids. And it has to have – it can't be like – you're not going to get like um, you know a, extreme violence and gore or anything like that or like real real adult themes. This is like the closest they can get for mainstream media uh, to, to and you know this level of seriousness they're going for.
0: Okay, so one thing that people might not know is that you are a huge Transformers collector. There you go, and, and that is just a,
1: like a, a minuscule piece of his enormous collection, right? Yes, I have. Um, I. I haven't really counted in a long time, but last time I did, it was, I, I, I have well over a thousand. I'll just put it that way.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, Brian and I kind of bonded recently because I started to collect Transformer toys around this time of uh, the quarantine. And um, I really got into these Transformer Siege toys and then the Earthrise toys because I think they're just really great. They They kind of remind me of the toys when we were kids. But um I just like the artwork on the boxes and I like the theme of it. And and what I really like is that it ties into the collector card game that they had too. And the artwork is yeah. the same on the cards. And so um can you kind of tell the people kinda what the toy line was like for the inspiration for the
1: show? Literally, literally the the what you see in the show are like the exact models they used to build the toys. Like you will see uh, that there's a there's a term that used in Transformers called kibble, so that's basically kind of like when you don't know where to put the car parts on the back wings in the robot mode. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you see that heavily, and I I think it kind of um on some levels it's kind of cool, on some levels it it kind of detracts from it. I think um it, mm. it makes things very clunky. Mm. Um, I mean when characters like are running, it, it just it looks very slow. And, and clunky, really. I mean, I never used that word, but I'll right. use it again. <laughs> On one hand, it is very cool to see the toys come to life. And and, and the toys are absolutely fantastic. And it, it's a lot more tolerable when you have something in your hand and you know it has to work a yeah. certain way because it's a physical thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I kind of prefer uh, a slightly more stylized thing, for uh, you know, versions for cartoons because, you know, I, I want them to look cool. I mean, and they, they kind of look cool, but they look like, toys I completely agree because I get excited because I'm like oh I have that guy on my shelf
0: and he looks just like that and and my four-year-old daughter knows that toy and loves that toy and there he is like I could show her that guy right but yeah there is like with the generation one cartoon that we grew up on there is that difference between the cartoon design and the actual toy well the (laughs) movie that Brian and I have in common that we think is our favorite movie of all time is Transformers the movie and it's like this beautiful version of Transformers art where everything is moving on screen and in perfect sync with the music and it's just so stylized and awesome and I feel like with these modern versions of Transformers you just don't have anything like that and and even when we were watching Transformers the movie recently you made this comment of how in that G1 style the backgrounds were so interesting and, and the things that were like just in the shot were so interesting and you don't really get that in these modern cartoons. They're all very basic. The backgrounds are very
1: basic. This is a general problem that I have with the, uh, 3D animated cartoons is that, um, I mean, every show has a budget and, you know, character designs cost a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, so they, they kind of have to reuse assets a lot and they kind of have to minimize the stuff they put in the background. So the backgrounds are usually very static, very empty. Although in this show, I think that they do a good job of having a lot of debris around because with the destroyed... Cypertron. Right, um, right so in that regard it's a little better than other than other shows I've seen in the past yeah. but uh I, I just I, I I long for just all the detail in the background and I, I feel like um one of my favorite versions of Transformers Media is actually Transformers Animated which uh, a lot of people had a problem with for the, for the designs yeah. but they crammed yeah. so much in the background of that show just little cameos of other robots it was just cool to see yeah and you kind of yeah. don't get that with this show
0: I think we've got a long time without even like summarizing what happened <laughs> in the first two episodes, right? So in the first two episodes, we're in, we're on Cybertron and basically Cybertron is devastated because of the war between the Autobots and the Decepticons. And Megatron has basically taken over and the Autobots are treated as if they are the resistance fighting over the, fighting against the ruling power of the Decepticons and the Decepticons are everywhere. The Seekers, which are all kind of like starstream, they're flying over this, the cities patrolling for Autobots. And the Autobots are in sad shape. Like there's only a handful of them. They look like they're gonna die. They're just like falling over. Optimus is like right hand man, Ultra Magnus, is wanting to make a treaty with Megatron to end this war. And so the first two episodes kind of deal with the two of them butting heads about that. And it also introduces Bumblebee, which in this version of the story is very different from other versions of Bumblebee I've seen. And in this version of Bumblebee, he is neutral. He's not a Decepticon or an Autobot, and he's kind of only looking out for himself, which I feel like that's very different from his normal characterization.
1: Well, things that I like, too, is that um, one of the first scenes you see, I mean, you do kind of see the Seekers flying over Cybertron first, like you mentioned, uh, but the first two characters you see are Wheeljack and Bumblebee. And I thought that was a cool nod because those are the first two characters you see in the original G1 cartoon uh, on the screen. And they're basically doing the same thing. They're looking for energon. So it was a cool little nod to see that again. Um, Some of the things I didn't like is, I kind of mentioned right with with the pitfalls of uh, 3D animated shows is that, that they spend so much on the character models, which actually do look kind of nice and they they are detailed, but they have to reuse them a lot. In some senses, it's cool because of, of lore reasons. Like I'm totally cool with seeing Thundercracker and Skywarp and, you know, Nova Storm, Ion Storm, Acid Storm, those kind of things, the clones of Seekers, that that makes sense to me. Yeah. But it's like yeah. all the Decepticons are either Seekers, uh, Barricade clones, which is really a, a Prowl, Prowl, Blue Streak, Smokestream clone, right. and right. Reflector. So it's like you see this sea of, it, of, of Megatron's followers and it's like three body types and it's <laughs> weird. And I kind of have the same view
0: too, which is just like, you just see the same character models over and over again and it just kind of feels like it's cheap. Whereas they did that in the generation one cartoon as well, but just, you
1: know, it wasn't as obvious. Yeah. It didn't bother me. I mean, maybe because I was a kid and I didn't know better. I'm just like, Oh, there's a black and purple one. That's so much cooler. Like (laughs) obviously I'm talking about Skyward, but uh, it's, it it worked and it didn't bother me then. Like I I felt, I felt in G1 um, although Really, the side characters—I mean—are uh, not given all that much screen time. Like they're really not. And and your child, my childhood brain tells me otherwise, but right. I feel like you got glimpses of some personality there. Yeah. And I felt yeah. like, uh, with the with few exceptions of the main characters like Prime and uh, Ultra Magnus, uh, Megatron, Starscream, maybe Wheeljack, uh, and probably Jetfire. Uh, yeah. it, it just really felt like. Um, just background, generic, uh, lines they were just saying that, like, they didn't have any personality, like, you know, uh, Hound spoke and Sideshow spoke and Chromie spoke, but they just didn't feel like, they didn't feel like characters, they just felt like empty vessels spouting random, you know, generic lines. As far as, like,
0: good things about the show, uh, I liked the use of Starscream, um, like, the, the way Starscream is, it really reminded me of his G1 version. And he always is kind of like that in all the other versions of him, except in the Michael Bay movies, it's kind of weird because like Megatron is always talking about him as if he's
1: disloyal or he's a jerk, but he's like super loyal to Megatron in those movies. In the movies, he's, it's more of a fear-based thing yeah. um, in, in that. And here it's, uh, you know, Starscream is, uh, I mean, in general, is just so arrogant that he thinks he could do everything better. Yes. And Megatron yes. actually calls that out. And I, that was a moment that I really liked. Um, okay. It, he says that's what I actually like about him, and uh, it, it reminded me of uh, a moment in the IDW comics, the uh, the original IDW continuity. Yeah. Uh, the, it, earlier on, there was uh, there was an issue where Megatron does this like character assassination of Starscream, and it is so spot on and amazing. Right. And then later right. on, it actually, the, the tables actually turn and start from the same to Megatron. And both are just absolutely brilliant. And yeah. uh, it's yeah. nice to see a little glimpse of that uh, here. Some of the other things I like too, is that uh, were some of the relations of the main characters. I, I don't think we've really mentioned her yet, but Alita One. Yeah. Uh, Alita yeah. One was literally in one episode of the original G1 cartoon. Right. It's not made many right. appearances uh, outside of comics uh, and, and this show. Right. But I really, right. I really liked the, uh, the, the relationship that Optimus and Alita have there. They, they, you can tell they've known each other. They almost have like a finishing each other's sentences kind of thing. Yes. And very few lighthearted moments you have are between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually really enjoyed that. And on the same page, I I really enjoyed uh, the conversations between Optimus and Ultra Magnus. Mm. Um, originally, when you meet Ultra Magnus, it's in the Transformers movie from nineteen eighty six, and he's kind of given the, the the you know the role of the leader and the and given the matrix. And you're like, you know, like oh, he is, it's his old friend, but it, like we've literally never seen this character before, so it's right. kind of weird. So it's nice to see that uh, they they. Ha- them interacting because you really didn't even see them interacting in the show either because he was kind of dead. <laughs> I mean, Prime was kind of dead, so uh, it's cool to see the found, some some of the foundation of that relationship in here. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was that was a, uh, a some of the positives there. So the relationship that Prime has with Magnus and Alita one. I think we could really just go into spoilers, honestly. Right? Let's go. Let's, let's do it. So while we're talking about spoilers,
0: and and you were talking before about like how there's so many versions of the same character and they're just in the same model one thing that got on my nerves was there's a lot of scenes where Megatron is sitting in like a um, stadium filled with Decepticons and he's like let's go ambush the Autobots and we're gonna take him out so I'm gonna send six guys to kill them all right <laughs> meanwhile he's got like a whole stadium filled with trans- uh, Decepticons right yeah, he's like these six guys are gonna kill them all, and and then they just <laughs> <laughs> and they and they ambush them and they shoot one guy, and he gets hurt pretty badly. But then he does the, get hurt pretty badly. Yeah, but then the rest of the Decepticons just get beaten up by Optimus Prime and the rest of the Autobots.
1: Yeah, actually, you know what? I don't think Prime did all that much damage in these fights, and I think that's a, that's an interesting point that we we haven't really brought up. I mean, the, the show opens with, um, you know, the Decepticons finding Wheeljack and Bumblebee. Right, and if I didn't mention before, Bumblebee's kind of a dick. He sure is. He talks like he's from Brooklyn too, right? It's weird. He, yeah, he kind of does. Um, and yeah. like you mentioned, it is a, a very large departure from any version of Bumblebee we've seen. Yeah. Um, but it's on one hand, I, I'm I'm very thankful it's not the. Uh, Bumblebee who doesn't talk and you know talks right. to the radio. I am I, I am so tired of that trope. It's not even funny. Yeah. No uh, so I'm glad he at least speaks and uh, you know although he's I prefer the little buddy version. Uh, you know this this you know hard ass from Brooklyn is uh is is okay.
0: Yeah. Wheeljack shows up and Wheeljack has this great line in the first episode where he's like polish my tailpipe. Right. <laughs> 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 like whoa all right Wheeljack geez man you know I don't know how that translates into human anatomy but. <laughs> um, but, but Wheeljack, it's funny, too, because Wheeljack always had a, a accent in the show, too. And and in this one, it really stands out, too. And, and they both kind of just sound like
1: they're from New York, you
0: know? Like, oh, these Decepticons, they're over here, they're messing us up, you know?
1: Wheeljack is definitely uh, an impression of the G1 version of Wheeljack, which I'm I'm cool with. Uh, <laughs> I think it was, it was well done and one of the better voice acting performances in the show, I think. Right. So uh, I, I was I was happy with that. There's this whole battle going on where you know M- Megatron and Prime fight, which is seems kind of early to, early to happen in the in the series. You know, I mean, I know it's only six episodes, but it's like one of the first things you see is Prime versus Megatron, yeah. and Megatron kind of wipes the floor with Prime, and I'm okay with that. I mentioned before Transformers Animated, and one of the things I my favorite things about that show is that Decepticons were bigger and larger, and they were just more menacing. Like they they said that you know it would take A a number of Autobots to take down just one Decepticon, and I've always liked that. um, That 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 uh, I can't think of the word, but I I like when they do that. (laughs) Dynamic, dynamic. Yes, there you go. So, uh, but but it's still it's a little frustrating to see just just Prime getting beat up so easily uh, and early on. Yeah, that whole setup, that ambush that
0: we were just talking about before. The reason why that comes into play, and this this is a plot point in the first two episodes is that Ultra Magnus goes over to the Decepticons and offers, he's basically saying he wants the treaty to happen, right? Correct. And so, um, what Ultra Magnus does is he overhears the Decepticon's plans and Shockwave has discovered the possible location of the Allspark.
1: I have a lot to say about the Allspark here. Right. Um, for for those who don't know, the Allspark is uh, Transformers MacGuffin. Um, it, <laughs> in previous in previous series, it has had many different roles and functions, and sometimes it's also the same thing as the Matrix. Sometimes it's a different, its own different thing. Right. But uh, it's just some all powerful artifact, and I felt uh, I felt this like plot point kind kind of came out of nowhere. Yep. And it's like, oh yeah, we think it might be there, a- and you know. They say it, and uh, an Ultraman goes over Here's That I mean, after you're, you know, goes to the Septicon base to talk to Megatron. Yeah. And uh, and then, and then like Prime is just like, oh, well, we got to get it. <laughs> and it's just, you know, with, with this ambush, uh, literally all these background characters are like, Prime, like, what the hell are you thinking? Like, this is clearly a trap. Yeah. Like, yeah, five yeah. people <laughs> just tell them, why are we doing this? How yeah. do you know? <laughs> And and it is a trap. They actually, it's actually in Iacon, which is one of the more famous uh, Cybertronian cities. And right. it's like, it's just in a wall. It's like, oh yeah, we think it's in a wall in Iacon, like the, the place where the you know the Autobots' main base would have been. It's like, oh, it's just, it's right there. This ancient artifact that some people are calling a myth is just sitting in yeah. a wall yeah. in a famous city.
0: Right. Is there anything in this that you feel like you haven't seen in other Transformers media?
1: Um. So what I mentioned earlier, actually, just just the, the, those little interactions with Prime and then with either Elite or Ultra Magus there's something that that uh, was just kind of presented to you that they existed and you're supposed to accept it, but you actually see a little bit of it in action uh, in this. I I really appreciated that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I would say that um, Bumblebee, like being reluctant to join the Autobots and looking out for himself, that that at least is original for that yeah. character. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's, like, a good improvement, you know?
1: Yeah, it's, it's like, a parallel, I guess, you know? Um, it's not great. It's not bad. Because I, I enjoyed watching this, even though I had some gripes. I
0: enjoyed it overall.
1: Yeah, no, I, I've been watching it with my son, and, you know, we're, we're both enjoying it. And, uh, I mean, it's 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 not going to uh, change my rankings of Transformers media too much. But, I mean, it, it's, an, it's an enjoyable show. Yeah. Uh, I, I've actually – I've given up on a lot of the shows in the past. Like I, I, I haven't finished them and I, um, I feel like I, I probably will finish these at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really easy. Cause it's only six episodes. It's real easy to get through.
1: I think before we close on this, we should talk about things that we would like to see in this show and, and the, rem- the remaining episodes. Hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah. So, I feel like there's just kind of what I expect to happen and I'm not expecting more. But um, I do expect Jetfire to become an Autobot. I'm expecting Bumblebee to become an Autobot. Um, I think that something will come into play with the Space Bridge that Bumblebee discovered.
1: Um, yep. I feel like because of, because we have the toys and we've seen so much, uh, it, they really give a lot away uh, on what characters we're going to see uh, in the show and what things are going to happen. Most likely we'll see um, – probably see ratchet and Ironhide and prowl because they all had toys in the line awesome. um uh I'm, I'm hoping we get some springer in there uh because he had a toy as well oh cool it's what we, we've seen we've seen a lot we've seen a lot of so far uh the, of what they've they've released
0: okay i didn't know who was in that first line so that's cool that springer's in there because i know you love springer too oh right, here we go i do <laughs> he's busting him out I'm jealous, <laughs>
1: Is, is like Trypticon in that set or anything like that? Like, is there a big guy
0: that's in that set?
1: Trypticon, Okay, so uh, in in this toy line, the, uh, the the larger characters were actually Jetfire, which was uh, a new a new price point called the Commander class, mm-hmm. and that that toy is huge. It's really big. Okay. Uh, and then and then the the largest figure they released uh, in this line was uh, Omega Supreme, so I imagine we'll see him down the line as well.
0: Oh, yeah, you know, I think I might have saw in like IMDb, it said Omega Supreme's voice for somebody. Oh, I,
1: I haven't even seen that yet. So yeah, but I mean, again, not really a spoiler because I'm I'm sure that we will see literally every figure that they released in this, uh, in the show at some point.
0: I, I'm, I'm really glad that you talked about this with me. Um, I would totally be down for talking about the next two episodes in a week if you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm down, I'm ready. Sweet man, sweet. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll call this episode to a close. I appreciate everyone watching. Well, if you guys like me and Brian nerding out about Transformers, then why don't you check out the episode? We'll have another one probably a week from the release of this episode. All right, guys, so thanks so much. Please stay safe.